Show presents Scratch It Trailer. The podcast where we debate which track to scratch off some of the most known and unknown albums of all time. We live in an era of singles. This is an album. People no longer listen to an album for the work it truly is. It kind of defines a man. It's just not something that people relate to nowadays. We've all gotten the dreaded. Started out as a game. Which track on the album would you scratch out if you had to? Hey everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of the Scratch the Track podcast presented by the Dude and Grim Show. I am the Dude. And I am Grim. And we are here today to discuss of the blue color of the sky by OK Go. Color being spelled, by the way, in the cool. UK version. Yeah, it's 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 always interesting. Whenever I see that, I'm like, wait a minute. Okay. Yeah. It's, Okay. All right. I guess we're doing that. I mean, kind of like gray. Is it G R E Y or G R A Y? Like what? How yeah, I know, but there's there's some words that are distinctive, whether they're spelled in U.S. or British English. Color being one of them. And I, the only thing I can go back to is dark side of the moon with any color you like, because you like. I didn't know about these things as a younger kid, and I'm looking at that, and I was like, there That's isn't weird. a U in that shit. It's like we're looking down on Wayne's basement, although that's only not that's basement. not Wayne's basement. Isn't that weird? weird? Well, yeah. Back to the album. Anyways, so uh, hey everyone, uh, it's uh, we're happy to be here, and uh, we'd be even happier if you guys went ahead and gave us a like, subscribe, and comment below. And if you do that, let us know what tracks you guys would scratch. What are your favorites on the album? Uh, also, like, is this your favorite OK Go album? What do you think of it? Because they had a few before this. They've had a few after. For me, for myself, this is my favorite. I think it caught them at a very good yes. sort of maybe a little more of an experimental uh, transitional period. Wouldn't you say there, Mr. Graham? I would. And and I'm not I don't want to discredit the other stuff that they've done. But to me, it just doesn't hold up to this album. This album has with, so much it, depth. Yeah, with all due respect intended, I just, I feel like this was, uh, I think Friedman had something to do with that. Producer David Friedman. Yeah. Um, One of our favorites. But uh, there was something, there was something else too. There was just something else. And I think that this album caught them, in my opinion, at the best they could be, which was was funny because when you listen, if you listen to the extended edition of this album with the second uh, disc where they talk to the band and Dave Friedman, um, and they talk about the the sound of the album, there were a lot of fans that criticized the sound because they felt like it was super compressed and distorted. And I love how Dave Friedman very quickly... um, just disputes that and says, listen, there was no master bus compression. I'm sure a lot of these dickheads didn't even know what the fuck master bus compression is. But basically yeah. what it means is that the, the entire mix was not compressed. Uh, right. Because some people, some people, and I understand why, because we're in this era of what a lot of people call the loudness wars. And I know, dude, yeah. you and I have talked about it, where it's like um, a lot of people in the world of mastering feel like you got to squish everything down so that there isn't a lot of variation in between sounds in order to make the record as loud as possible. And it seems like a lot of people are doing that. Um, but I think some people mistake the use of loudness and distortion for compression. And if you know what you're talking about, you can hear the difference between compression and distortion. And, and I feel like I am someone who knows that difference. And as I listen to the album again, and then listen to it again, after listening to those interviews, Dude, there, there, it, it is not super, it is not compressed, but it is no. distorted. And like Friedman said, that is the sound that they chose to go with. 
Yeah, they wanted it to get to that point where even when it was quiet, they still wanted it. You could turn it down low, and they still wanted it to sound like your shit was gonna break. Like it was. Well, yeah, I think I think his 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 quote was, um, "I want it to sound on the lowest possible audible level." Like your shit is on fire. On fire. I, I believe yeah. that is the, the quote that was said. And dude, who's going to argue with that? I mean, that sounds like a great idea. You know, and the thing is that if you listen to a lot of the stuff that Dave Friedman has done, that's kind of like his sound. And and there's another band that I like that um friend of the show Forrest introduced me to at least, which is Tapes and Tapes. Tapes, I thought that's what you're gonna say. And yeah. Tapes and Tapes has an album called Walk It Off, which I do intend to do on this show uh to do a scratch on. But dude, it's done very much in the style like this. And it 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 just it has that feel and it's I don't know there's something about it that I really like because it's just so in your fucking face. Well, so one thing that you I'm not sure if you saw this or if you know this, but you know, so they basically went to Tarbox Studios, which is Dave Friedman's uh, studio, and that studio was actually it's funny and ironically funny enough was built when the Flaming Lips. They got their budget basically to do the soft bulletin. Yeah. And so they're like, well, we'll just we'll just like build a studio. Now I don't know how all the finances worked out as far as that went, but essentially that's what they were doing. And like even when they showed up, like Dave Fried, he was still like plugging things in and it, it wasn't yeah. even like complete. But so apparently OK Go was there for in the interview that we've listened to, it says they were there for 12 weeks. Yeah. Now I've I've read though that they were actually working there in two week intervals. Yes. Opposite opposite the Flaming Lips. Now this album came oh. out in two thousand. This album came out in two thousand ten. And I'm wondering, just looking up, it looks like the Flaming Lips album Embryonic came out in two thousand nine. So I have a feeling that's probably what they were working well, on. Well, yeah, because look at, look at the, forget when it came out, look at the recording January dates. January 2010. October so, yep. 2008 to June 2009 is the recording dates. Yeah, so, so that would really make sense that oh, Embryonic dude. by Flaming Lips was being recorded at the same time as yes. this. And they were trading on and off. Now, I, I got to ask you, kind of an aside question, how did you get into this album? Wow, that's a good question. How did I get into it? I think maybe either you told me. I think I think you might have told me about it, or somebody somebody told me about it, and and then they were like, "You need to watch the music videos because anybody." Oh yeah, dude. I mean, especially you know, with a sort of a video background, anybody who you don't even have. I mean, whatever. You just watch their videos. And to be honest, and, and this is a weird thing, and I think they've even kind of said that they get so many views and stuff on their videos, but it hasn't it, it didn't necessarily translate into album sales and things like that. Um, yeah, I so, can see that. And and we'll get into some of their videos and some of the statistics and whatnot, but they'll get millions and millions. Their their videos are so elaborate intricate detail they're amazing like i have never and seen videos like them most of them done just like one shot one take where yeah. they'll do it as many times as they need it need to to get it like done right uh just if you haven't seen them we'll talk about some of them as the songs come up um but if you have a favorite one let us know because excuse me a lot of people know the treadmill video from one of their previous albums yeah and i then, think that was from oh no i think yeah it probably was and then this one has, uh, you know, needing getting. That was part of a Super Bowl commercial. Oh, with the inc- fucking car! God, oh, yeah, that's so great. cool, dude. And this yeah. too shall pass with the Rube Goldberg machine. Oh, and then just, white knuckles like the dog training mm-hmm. video. I mean, that's what's interesting to me about them is they're each so damn creative, but they have yeah. these completely different concepts. Yeah, it's not the same. It's yeah. not a one trick pony for sure. Now, I, um, I had heard of OK Go, but it was my friend and at the time bandmate, Mr. Lee Bosman, 
who turned me on to this album. And I, I was just like, holy fook. Like, th- this is like, this is the kind of music I want to listen to. As soon as I heard it, I was like, this is incredible. Dude, it's 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 gonna have such a wide array of sounds. Uh, that's very cool. I, I feel like it's such a progression from their first couple albums. Oh and man, yeah. It's it, it's really interesting because so this is their third studio album, and now initially it was released on Capitol in the U.S. and EMI in the U.K. Oh, yeah, but they they had it sounds like a bad breakup uh, with their record company, and that was released on January twelfth. But then on April 1st, the, the breakup happened, and then they actually released and promoted the record on their own new label that they had themselves. Um, I think there was a few things that I've read that kind of went into it. Uh, part of it was there was, um, uh, with I think one of the music videos, uh, they were having some issues, and they also felt that they, I think, weren't kind of getting the promotion that they that they wanted or they expected oh, from the yeah, re- okay. from the record company, and the, so there's I forget the documentary, but you know the band Thirty Seconds to Mars. That's like isn't that Jared Leto's band? Yeah, I know you're a huge fan. Um, it will be scratching one of their albums. Oh, here. dude, but, God, I remember watching so, starting to watch that documentary. It was just so, like, well, whether you like their music or not, which obviously you don't. Um, correct. The 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 documentary basically follows them through their battle with the record company of trying to get you know what? the rights to their music and yep. everything. And they actually, they interview, um, what's his name? Uh, Damien from Damien. OK Go. And he says in, in the interview that, because I, and I think it, it probably was capital EMI who yeah. maybe 30 seconds of Mars was. He basically said, look, we got out of their contract. I'm not allowed to talk. Basically, part of the you know, yeah, part of the it's like a it's like a gagging order, and yeah, you, you got an NDA, and you're not allowed to talk about the 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 terms deal, and conditions, what happened, yeah, all that stuff. So, um, I would I be will really say I did watch that documentary, and despite thinking that their music is absolute shit, dude, I I did think that they did a good thing with that documentary, if for little else trying to shed light on what fucking bullshit goes on in that industry. And they did a good job of it because I remember watching that and being like, dude, I don't like this band, but like I'm on this band's side. Right. You know what I I mean? Yeah. It was like they immediately you sign this, your record contract, but Mm -hmm. you basically go into debt and they just kind of cover your, initial i think like your studio fees and recording fees yeah. and all this stuff that you have to pay back it sounds like and it's just yeah. like nearly impossible to get it's like a credit card company once all the interest compound like yeah just sure get out of that hole so yeah um anyways Total i'd be very bullshit. curious if 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 anyone out there has insight or more insight i should have read a little more uh, i'm sure i can find it out there there's articles out there but if you guys have any insight to kind of the battle that okay go had to go through and ultimately what the settlement was it'd be great to to know that uh because it's yeah i mean those bands when you sign up you think you're signing a record contract and hey you know i've made it that's 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 not not kind of how it works so um yeah it's it's really too bad because the industry has always been predatory but now in the days where like records aren't what records used to be, I feel like it's increasingly predatory. It's, it's a weird place. It's a it's, really weird it's, place now. And you and I had a conversation offline the other day about what athletes get paid. Right. Right. And yep. I think you specifically brought up LeBron James. And I yep. thought this to be a really interesting concept because your point was, listen, he might make all this money and you might think it's it's bull not me, but you whoever you're yeah. you're arguing you with in this situation, you people, um, might think it's bullshit. But if he doesn't make it, someone's gonna make it who has no skin in this game. They don't yeah, play the no. sport, they don't do no. anything. They just no, they, you know. Yeah. I mean if he wears his Nike shoes. Nike will make money off of that if he doesn't have a contract, and that's the brand he chooses to wear. Yeah, 
you're going to have all these kids out there being like, oh, I want to buy these shoes that LeBron wears. Well, now he has a contract with them. He gets paid millions of dollars and, you know, he he wears the shoes and he gets paid for it. So it's like, hey, man, everybody's getting their cut. You know, we live in this capitalistic society. It's, but that was just, one thing that, that you yeah. told me that I, I guess I hadn't thought about in that way before. That was kind of eye opening where it's like, you know what? If he's going to be responsible for the sale of all these shoes, well, fuck, he should at least get his cut. Yeah, 100%. I, I, I don't yeah. disagree with that. Yeah. And I feel that's, the same way yeah. with musicians. I mean, and, and that's not to say, though, here's the thing, though, that's not to say that the tickets still aren't overpriced and the shoes aren't overpriced and anything like that. That's not necessarily his fault. He's not the one setting those prices. It's correct. It's the, 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 the man. And, that. and that's that's why I enjoy these conversations, because I feel like we can have them in a productive way where you can see. And just like we're talking about with the record companies, like you can see the other flaws and it's not it's not the artist that says the tickets to their show needs to be a hundred dollars. Well, you know, I mean, go back in the day fucking to like ticket Pearl, master. Pearl, yeah. Pearl Pearl Jam Jam and ticket master. Yeah. yeah. They have a monopoly on it. And no, I guess I don't know. I don't know what it is. Other well, dude, I don't I honestly I don't think that it's any better today. No, because anytime I've bought expensive. tickets to a concert, it's not like I have a choice to go here or here, <laughs> you know? Yeah, not really. It's like you yeah. want to see that band, you're gonna go through this vendor and you're gonna yeah. pay that much money. And yeah, it's either you pay that or you don't go see them. And I'm kinda like, well, depends how bad I want to see them. But yeah, I'll go. That's true. This but, is our concern, dude. Yeah, right, this is our back concern. to OK Go. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so, dude, this album again, very different for them, and in the interviews, <sighs> and it, it, it does have that. Uh, they equate it, and it's it's definitely been said by many people. It has that Prince feel to it. it yes, that dance funk Prince sort of. I, there's this when you hear it, you're just like, wow. I you know I hear that. Yeah, and it's it, it's it's pretty cool, um, and even I think, I think when uh, they were they were writing the album or Damien was starting to write for the album, he was like, you know, we'd been on tour for, you know, three or four years. We haven't really written anything, so I started to you know start coming up with stuff, and he was like, I I felt like I was almost ripping myself off. He was like, I was I was trying to sound like like myself. like okay, go. Yeah. yeah. And he was like, I, I thought was that just, was interesting in that interview. And you're like, damn, dude, that's a weird spot to come to. Like, then where do you go? Is. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so th- the thing where it kind of gets that, um, I guess you could say the dancier, you know, Prince thing is uh, Tim, who, who also was interviewing it. He said a lot of the tracks, the way they did them, though, were built from, the, he said, the rhythm up. So like the baseline and the drum beat what was what was done first whereas i imagine everything else you know the way they used to do is i'm sure guitar driven writing stuff. guitar blah, 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 yeah you know? and a lot of that really made it to the album it's not like it was just done bass you know bass and drum beat first and then you know of course they do lay guitars over it and, oh yeah absolutely songs, but but the bass and the rhythm is there's so many songs absolutely that the guitar is, all of it is not the predominant instrument in the album yeah and i like that or because the yeah, no, you're right. Uh, the The guitar becomes more like a, a percussive add-on in a lot of things. Yep. And I think it's neat because I think it was Damien in those interviews um, who said that he had been influenced by a lot of, like, Prince music. Growing up, right? Yeah. And he always wanted to make an album like this, but it was <laughs> like he didn't feel like he could yeah, you know, like he was white. <laughs> yeah, like he was a poser. And he is white. I mean, look at him. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, like he was a poser if he tried to do this. Um, but that that was one thing that I thought was so cool is when they did this, they said, "You know what? I, I'm not going to worry about these preconceived notions. We're going to go in and make something different." And dude, dude, they, they did, did, and it was awesome. Yeah, uh, again, by far my favorite album of theirs, and, and oh, I have no question. You know, I've, I've listened to what, what, the one after this. I believe was Happy, Hungry Ghosts, and yeah, I think it was. It was about. And I've listened to the ones before this too, and, and they just they don't they don't do it for me like this one. Yeah, this one, I, it's just so well rounded, and it has 
again, it, and it should be noted too that uh, um, Damien was going through like a divorce at this time, and he said that basically a lot of during the writing process of this was when things were not good with his wife, and he was kind of waiting for her to decide, like yeah, what she and what you can do. hear that in the lyrics. Oh, I mean, jeez. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, it's very apparent. And but I think that's that's where a little bit of the there's there is it has energy, it has dance um, kind of upbeat feel, but then it has sort of moments of solitude and moments of just quiet, like yeah, just these introspective moments where there there is it's deeper, it's more thoughtful, and I, I think that's where the the gold kind of comes out for them. And I like how there's. You know how, and we joke about this uh, in that Dark Side of the Moon documentary uh, about the making of it. And Roger Waters says, "Oh, you know, leave a hole, right?" And oh yeah, there, there's there's places in this album where where they're not filling every every empty space yes. with just some crazy guitar and energy and stuff. They're like, "No, okay, we're just you know we're gonna let this lie." And and I think it's good to do that from time to time. And I think they do it really well in this album. No, they do, and. That that is a really again, not to in any way put myself like with these musicians, but as someone who's like made music and recorded music for a good part of my life, one of the That's hardest hard. I was one of the hardest things to do is to honestly just know when to shut the fuck up. Yeah. And okay. and I had this this music teacher in college, Dr. Copenhaver, who I think was just a great teacher, and he said sometimes the most important note you can ever play is a rest. Yeah. And, and that yeah. that that I've I've always thought about that. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Well, um Graham, I'm about ready to get into the tracks if you are. How are you feeling there? Mm-hmm. You ready to kind of move, move on into it? Yeah, give me one sec. Oh, okay, dude. I want to pull something out that we've pulled out before. Wow, it's um, graphic. But one thing I was going to say is, although um, most of the lyrical content of the album deals with what I would like, Damien's kind of failed marriage, ultimately resulting in divorce, right? Yeah. I think that they do it in a way where, to me, it it's not like when you're listening to the album, you're you're not just like, okay, dude, I get it. Yeah, you're not. It's yeah, right. Because if you listen to the first song, and so this is this is why I said this because this is my segue into the first song, WTF, which they do what? say what the fuck in that song. Oh, yep. Um, if you listen to that song isolated and you didn't know the context of it or the rest of the album to me that could almost be like uh, if you met somebody you right and they had this serious effect on you and you were like what the fuck is happening like this you know what i mean like it's it's interesting to me this is the only one that you could do that with but it can almost come off in a different way because because of how the lyrics come out Sure. I mean, the first couple of lines is, you know, what the fuck is happening? I've been trying to make some sense out of yeah. know, what, what, what you, what do, you to do to my with, head with my head. Yeah. yeah. And uh, again, this is and it's funny. I think this is one of those albums that came into my life at the right time where we've all been in positions, whether you're man, woman, um, you know, whatever or child you, you, or, or yeah, where you've <laughs> where you've, um, you know, been in a stressful relationship or there's been some strains on it and a lot of the things in this album sort of spoke to me. And um, there's some songs that really, you know, kind of stand out um, later. Well, yeah, and I was saying in this one, even like a new relationship where you're just like, holy shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, and I think there's another song too. Like even like I want you so bad I can't breathe. Yeah, it's like, yeah, sure. Uh, it's like, you could it's like, you oh could gosh. take yeah you could take that into a different context, and all of a totally. sudden it doesn't sound like a guy who's about to like split up his. Yeah. So yeah, for exactly. for whatever that's worth. Yeah. Because when I first heard this <laughs> album, I had no idea of the background, so no, I, I wasn't yeah. necessarily thinking yeah. about it in that it wasn't, context. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't until I got the extra nice edition, which I would highly recommend people get because it's it's the full album, and then it has 
it does have it has a bunch of demos and alt, uh, demos and alternate versions um and it's got a cover cover by the pixies gigantic a zombies nice. cover what is it it's got a whole bunch and then it's got cool demos but at the end it has this really great interview um probably 10 15 minutes with the band and then uh this guy glass and then and then dave friedman's also yeah. in on it and just really good insight into some of the songs the recording process if you're into that sort of thing so highly recommend checking checking that now out. do you have this one on vinyl, dude i've i've almost nope. bought this on vinyl i'm gonna say two or three times <sighs> you and- ha- they've seen it they have it at your store I, I have seen it. Now, here's... I looked the other day, and I they don't have it Here's what I wrestle with. Okay. The total length of the album is 5114. Okay. Don't know that that's going to make it on a single vinyl. But if you that. split that up, those are some short-ass sides. Unless you do, like, a three-sided deal, and then you have the fourth one blank, which I, I get. Which- I mean... Queens of the Stone Age uh, villains is like that. Is it? Okay. Yeah. 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 I was looking at it today on Discogs and I saw like $30 for, I think it was sort of $40 to $50 version. So I wasn't able, they don't have it at my store, at least the one that I kind of typically go to. I should check out the other one to see if they have it. But yeah, I'll have to I look would, next I, time. I would, I would like to get it. I would. Oh, I would, I would too. I, this I, is, this yeah. is one I would want. Yeah, it's it's real good. It's real good. So so well back to, back to WTF, man. Yeah. Um, now one thing I was gonna say, and I'm just gonna bring this up in this song, although it comes across in all the other songs. So when you listen to the guitar solo, the guitar solos in this song, but I think a couple others, but this one more distinctly than than ever, the solos have this weird sound, and we talked about this on Saint Vincent's album. St. Vincent's self-titled album, and I held up this pedal, and this pedal is the Moog Freak Box. Now, Moog discontinued this pedal, but, so this pedal is worth more than any vinyl you have in your collection, I'll tell you that. But, one thing that's cool about that pedal is, like I said before, it runs your guitar, or whatever you put into it, through an analog oscillator, but it follows the pitch. So it basically makes your guitar kind of like a synthesizer, which is what you hear, you know, in those solos. You can yep, you can yep, hear the yep. attack and you can you yep. can hear the way you would play a guitar, but it doesn't sound like a guitar. It sounds more like a synth. Yeah, definitely. I'm I'm with you there, man. I'm with you. Yeah. Um well, one thing I would say, you know, again, they're known for their mo- music videos. This this song does have a music video, and it's it is pretty trippy. It's not one of my favorite ones of theirs, but it is cool. Um, and I did watch a little behind the scenes thing. So if you are a fan of their videos, you can go to their YouTube channel and they have the video. Um, but they also have some behind the scenes things for for these videos. Now I didn't have time to watch all of them, but uh, there's some good information there if you're really into it. But this video, you know how it, it kind of had the sort of the tracer, like yeah, yeah, does, you know, and everything, dude. You want to know? Remind me of remember remember in college when Windows operating system just like really sucked, and like you'd have a window and a little th- prompts would pop yeah, up, and, just, and you'd like drag it, and and like ten would just kind of like mirror it, and you're just like yeah, yeah. awesome, or like freeze into the screen. That's exactly what I thought of when I when I saw this video. Yeah, but now the next song. And video. Two videos for this song. Yeah, I, I'm going to stick with the one when I make this yeah, comment. Yeah. Quite Best. honestly, one of the most amazing videos. And, and dude, I didn't think anyone could do a better video than Michelle Gondry. But, like, dude, whoever did some of their videos, holy shit. Like, this one's this- amazing. And I yeah, like this, the song too. I, I really like yeah. the song. It, it's a great sentiment. I think mm-hmm. it's it's like, in a way, it's somber but like uplifting at the same time because because yeah. you're gonna get through it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's cool because when they play the song live, you know they'll stop playing and then the, they they have the crowd sing that yeah that whole part and everything. And it's, they it's, use it's, that it's, toy piano, that toy <laughs> piano yeah. in there, and yeah. uh, dude. Yeah. But the video that Rube Goldberg machine, holy shit! When I saw that the first time, of course I thought of you. But I'm like, 
And okay, number one, I don't know how the fuck they made that machine and it actually worked. And then number two to mm. film. Well, so dude, this is kind of here's a little background on it. So okay. they had this i they had this idea for the video. They sent out um, some posts on some like science message boards, I guess, and they ended up working with a group of I think fifty. They said fifty five to sixty people um, from Sin Labs, the California Institute of Technology, and MIT Media Lab to help kind of construct the machine. This whole project from beginning to end took six months. Holy shit. So that comes from now that comes also from from just idea. Yeah, ideation to fruition. Sure. But it took a couple months to just build like the kind of the set, right? Yeah. And and get and get all that stuff together. Well, just to plan the damn thing out. Right. Well, and if people haven't seen it, one, you gotta see it. But it really reminds me of that game Mousetrap, like when you're a kid, right? Like it hits. Yeah, except it works. Mousetrap always fucked up. <laughs> there's also like the movie Goonies, too, where there's like these booby traps and like, you know, it sets something off and then that swings over and it hits. This you got to play the, the right knife notes comes, on the like the, stick the, the, organ. Yeah. The knife comes down and like chops the rope and then the weight yeah. comes down and then something happens. Right. It's 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 wild. So that's kind of what it's like. But here's the deal. So at by the end of, at the end of it, it costs like ninety thousand dollars to do this whole this whole thing. That's so it. Six months. Yeah, it was really not bad. Well, here's the thing: all the materials in it are cheap materials. Now it took people's time. I'm sure. I'm sure, sure a lot of people at these institutes probably worked for free or worked for cheap or was like a class or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it took them two days to film it, and they estimate it took them sixty takes to get it. And so many of the takes, though, like it just ended after the first like 30 seconds because it was like, oh, something just didn't. Oh, didn't, yeah, didn't, yeah. Didn't go mm-hmm. right. But then, dude, it's like that happens Well, you got to set up that first part of the, hey, the thing yeah. like all all over again. So they have to reset tons of retakes and everything. Now, it's done as one shot, but there are actually apparently two cuts in it. Um, now, they only did the cut where there's. Uh, camera goes through a set of curtains to go downstairs because apparently one either a cameraman or one of the um, band members is kind of seen in it. And so they just made like a quick cut and everything. But oh, I don't think okay. it's not like but it wasn't like multiple takes. It was like they just made a quick cut. And then there's also where the camera, I guess, passes by some rods. They maybe made a cut, too. Um, but you got to check it out. There are times I think they said where they had to get sort of. To things to get always get in sync, they did have to sp- little slowly speed up or slowly slow down some sections. But dude, it, it crushed it, dude. Oh yeah! In the first in the first six days, just like the dude and Grim show, this is worth striving for. In the first six days, it was out on YouTube. It had six million views and had ten million in the first month. Yep. So, roll that up and smoke it, dude. Wow, I'd be. Baked for yep. six months. Holy cow. That just leads me to say, Grim, all is not lost, which is the next track. Yeah. And and dude, now this was a video that I didn't know about. Now I okay, so before we go to the, the video, yep. I like the song. I like the mixture of acoustic. I like how they bring in the acoustic in this. And it's got like this this thickness, uh, mm-hmm. but you still have like the the acoustic. Um, and then the, the, the bass, of course, is really driving in the electric on top of it. Uh, mm-hmm. But the video, I think you brought up, and I didn't know about this video, but I thought it was really interesting because it's all the symmetry with these cuts of shots and they're in these weird suits. And I yeah, mean, it is it's a different video than the one we just talked about, but it's 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 very unique. It's very cool. Dude, um, I, I honestly don't think there has been a band that has been more creative with their music videos no. ever. I mean, yeah. and even if you go back to the albums that we're not as big of fans of, because I think there was something off. Oh no. And I can't remember the name of the song, um, but it's dude. Everyone knows it as like the treadmill video where treadmill they're on video. the treadmills. It dude, yeah. it, it like really incredible. And I thought the same thing with with this video too, because at some point they had all these screens like spliced together, which reminded me of Wayne's World yeah. and You Tell Two Friends right. and, and They Tell Two Friends. Well, dude, but 
Yeah, but it said yeah. like spread love, and then it, but it was the the human bodies making these shapes, and then they said it in like five or six languages. And dude, yeah, well that video is cool, and I don't know if you probably haven't seen one from I believe it's from Hungry Ghost, where they go up in one of those airplanes that goes up like just into space, and mm. so they're anti gravity and everything. They're, they're weightless, like floating around and doing. Dude, it's it's that's pretty cool too. So I'd check that one out. Um, I will. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but so it's interesting. So what I noticed, though, in this music video, the guitar solo is actually different than the one that's on the album. If if you listen to the song that's in the music video, it's slightly Dude, different. I didn't notice that when I watched yeah. it. Yeah, it is. Um, interesting. I, I forget. Yeah, what did I say? Did I put it in my notes, how it sounded? Um what notes? Uh, I'm kidding. My notes. <laughs> I don't even know. But I do like the, the album version better is what I put in my yeah. notes. But, okay. Um, so Needing needing Getting. Um, this one is One of my favorite songs on the one album. One of my favorite songs on the album. We can talk about the video in a minute because that's amazing. But, dude, the song itself, I just love... I mean, dude, that just that guitar intro, just... just you know? Yes, um, and I was going to play something like that, and it really doesn't matter, but it kind of... It, it reminds me of some of the stuff like Harrison used to play because it's like these thirds. Okay. Right? These these thirds in that, that intro. But one thing I, I liked about it is, again, and, and you already brought this up about the way that they decided to construct the album, like more based in the rhythm section because those thirds are nice, but dude, once the drums in that fuzz bass, drums come in, are so dude, big. The, the bass is the melody. Yep. And man, dude, the rhythm is, is the bass and the bass is the treble. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, dude, the video now, the video for this one in no way is follows the actual song, but it's one of the no. most amazing video concepts uh. I've ever seen in my life. I mean, the yeah. guy's playing the freaking ukulele in the car, and they're driving over these things that, based on the speed that they're at, are making <laughs> these. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And I mean, they, they tip over pianos and all this shit. Yeah. So people who don't know, basically, they had this, <laughs> they had this deal, and this was part of kind of the Super Bowl ad for, I believe, Super Bowl 46. And the drive, they're, like, kind of out on this this course, this track, and they're in a Chevy Sonic, I believe. Um, and basically what they're doing is they have these almost like wings or flaps or like hands and stuff on the side of the car. And they have different things on top of the car. And then all, along this track, they have pianos, they have guitars, they have all like little glass, like milk bottles and things. And they have it spaced out the right way. Where if he drives, all the band members are in that. If they drive at the right speed, it the tone the will note be right. In the tone, the tone will be right, and they're able to actually construct the song. Now it's not the song that you hear on the album, but it's it doesn't have all those things and all those parts. Yeah, it's a but, different but it's version, the but the, the parts are there, but in different ways. Yeah, and he's I remember seeing that while he's video, driving, dude. It's great. Yeah, and then they'll like stop and do something, and then start driving again. I remember seeing this video, and I'm like, dude shit like you win life i quit like, I, I, quit. I don't yeah i don't even yeah. know how anyone conceptualized this to begin with and yeah. then to fucking pull it off right well one thing they don't go into <laughs> really in, in in the video is it has this the song on the album has this really nice transition into like this yeah. chill sequence yeah. I, I and do it's like very this is very introspective moment and i i really like how spacey they get um, yep. But this is one of those songs that uh, you could just point right to what he's going through with his wife, the divorce. Oh, yeah. Waiting yeah. for months, waiting for years, waiting for you to change. There ain't much that's dumber. Um, there ain't much that's dumber. Your than pin your hopes on the change another. Change another. Um, and we've all, most of us have been there um, yeah, many that, times. That, the lyrics to this are just phenomenal they're they're really good and then i love during the chill section because the words that they repeat is like you know why not when, love why not when now? why not now why not me yeah. um you know it's just like you you're into someone so much and it's just like kind of not being reciprocated or yeah uh, they're not making the change that you need them to make it's just such a, a very heartfelt song in a very non-sappy way 
that's what yeah. I like about oh, it. Oh yeah, it's, sure. It's, you know, that's that's a great so, way to say it, dude. All right. So we go to skyscrapers, man. And this one, again, a very different song for them because it's it's really kind of stripped down. It starts with that the bass line. Yeah. And it's got a little synth in the background. And and then even when the guitar comes in, it's not like they're dang it. You know, it's 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 not that. It's it's a, it has a very, you know, um spacey feeling to it, man. I I just and, love and the that lyrics. they kind of go with it. Yeah, and to me, the lyrics kind of go with the theme that's kind of been put in place. But yeah, it, it's interesting because he's like he's like speaking to these skyscrapers, like skyscrapers. Please forgive me. me. I'm a penitent man. Me. You, you yeah. know, I, I don't know, but I, I like it because I think it's it's a good change up for the album. Um, and it's 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 slower, it's more chill, but like the elements are still there, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, the way I looked at it is, you know, I think the skyscrapers are supposed to be symbolic as a person. Um, well, that's yeah, as, you know, that's right? Is is a love, right? And it's just like, you know, how could I have not seen it? And then at the end, he gets he gets pretty intense when he's like, who screams like, I was blind, right? Yeah, and yeah. Like, I was true. Blind. You know, he just goes, man, and so it's. Yeah, I, I thought it was. Uh, I, I like that man. It's it's. A there good song. was one of them. Maybe it was skyscrapers, but there's one of them where they they put in this like everything is normal, but they put in this one reverse drum fill of like four reverse snare hits. I can't. Mm. I couldn't remember which song it was, and I didn't do a good enough job with my notes. Maybe it was skyscrapers, but uh, yeah. I, I always like that. Yeah, I but dude, white that. knuckles. Yeah. Now okay. it's Again. it's interesting because they didn't. It took them a while, I guess, according to the interviews, and then you can hear some of the demos too, um, yeah. where like it took them a while to settle on the chord progression that they eventually settled on. Um, which I'm glad they settled on the one they did because Me I too. think it's awesome. I heard the other ones, and I was like, eh, yeah, yeah, I, I felt the ones, same way. The other ones I heard almost sounded a little too much like old okay go when i listened to yeah. it yeah and i was like this one is it has a little it's it's got the vibe it's got, it's got the yeah it's got the kick and i like that synth that they use throughout it that sounds like something turning out where it's like you know and it's kind of slow and it's it's not even necessarily melodic but it's just this this sound yeah and then of uh, course the music video is totally unique because I love it. It's like this it's like cups and fucking dog training. Like it's something that makes no sense crazy. but but again it's so cool at the same time. Dude, so they did 124 takes of that video. They got 30 of them that were complete. I shall also say that Damien's um Sisters, the one who directed the video. Wow, um, she did an awesome job. They, they did thirty of them where they were able to like get to the end, right? Because God, that must have been just like impossible with the dogs. And then there were ten of those that they considered like acceptable. Like, okay, we could do them. And then they chose the seventy-second take. Wow, that is interesting. Yeah, I mean it's it's a wild video if you watch. I've it's again, oh it is it, it 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 is really wild, so but it's man. so cool. And and I just. I love the way the song is because, again, it just like you said, everything is built from the rhythm up. And I like how they just use these kind of sparse synthesizers. And it, it just, it, dude, that to it's, me, that song really has that Prince feel. Prince, like dude, the funk that really, dun, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, oh man, it's just not, oh, it's so good. Um, then we go on to uh, I Want You So Bad, I Can't Breathe. Yeah. And so I this is a song I really like. It has a a cool feeling to it. It kind of sort of a standard structure. This is one of the songs that they actually on the extra nice edition that they have a demo of. And believe it or not, oh, I actually it's it's very it's a very stripped down demo. Um Yeah. I think it's just kind of like kind of acoustic and drums and uh, I forget if there's a little bit of electric and then and then he sings. But I actually kind of like the demo. There's part a part of it that I like it better, where in in the demo he sings the words many times. He repeats them, and if you're down, I'll be around. It's uh-huh. and, and that to me goes to like I want you so bad I can't breathe. I think some people, you know, 
not me by any means, but have been in that position where it's kind of like, you know, as soon as that person you're into is like, oh, hey, you want to get together? You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. I'll yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, like, I see. Let me just drop everything. Yeah. And you do. You drop everything because you're like that's so funny. into them. Uh, that, that's just, and I kind of wish they would have kept, you know, and if you're down, I'll be around. I just kind of wish they would have kept those words in in this in this version. Uh, but I still like the song. I, I think it's a really good song. Now, one thing that I like from a production standpoint is how they use those kind of like bells in the oh, background. And, and it's funny because that's something that Friedman has at Tarbox Road Studios because, dude, Flaming Lips have also used those bells, a la um, Do You Realize? Those same, yes, sure. yeah, those same kind of chimes. So, dude. It, just a weird little thing. So, so like those bells, have you ever been like in high school, you know, the people who played like the big bells, right? Yeah. And they put the gloves on everything. Dude, have you been to one of their live shows? Because I've seen them live like three times. No. And they, they have a section. They would have a section in the middle of the show where I forget what songs. Ooh, the is. lips are okay, go. Okay, go. And oh, damn. They, no, they I have, have a table it. where they get out and I forget what song it is. I think it's a song off this. I don't know if it's I want you uh, I can breathe. Uh, I want you so bad. Where they'll have like they'll play a bell song. They play the bells and and everything, just like in the middle of the show, dude. It's pretty cool. That's cool. cool. It wow. Is. Um. So and track love. Number eight. Track number eight. And love. Um, now, one thing I think about and love is I feel like in this one specifically more than the other one. Um, the other ones. I oh. feel like the drums are either sampled. They're they're sampled. Yeah, you know that's yeah. that's the feeling I get. It's it's. Maybe they use samples of someone actually playing the drums with that. Yeah, just with the hi hat, it has that sampled feeling. But it's, it's cool because it kind of goes sure. with the Prince thing. Because I mean, dude, he used. I mean, especially I think in the in like a lot of his '80s stuff when he was uh, doing what I think they're going after. I mean, a lot of that shit was done with the Lynn drum machine more than even a real drummer. Sure. I could see that. Well, so this video is pretty is pretty yeah. cool too. It's like this, like if you watch it, it's this long time. That's the one where they're in the park video. Yeah, they're in the park, and it looks like Los Angeles. Um, yeah, and it, and it, I was thinking San Diego, but San Diego, San Diego, <laughs> yeah. but they yeah. but they go kind of go through like, and it goes from day to night to day again, and then they yeah. get the crowd at the end. Yeah. So essentially, what it is is. From beginning to end, dude, they did that 18 hours. It was like an 18-hour time lapse where they were in it. And then you see the camera kind of go up and yeah. then it turns. And then it goes for like a couple of days. And so total in footage, it was like 200 hours. Now, oh my, I, I would be very curious. Like, how did they power the camera for that? Like, did they actually like, were they swapping out batteries or whatever camera they were using? I wonder if it uses like two batteries so like one runs out and then you can put another one on yeah, and you just I don't know but man that's a good question yeah so if you know or the answer, if there was know. just a little bit of a break maybe it didn't matter because yeah you know, i mean some of those shots some of those time lapse shots you can be like oh, let me stop it for a second and start it back up i guess but yeah um yeah we'll miss whatever. five seconds yeah mm-hmm. I mean, dude, they had to go to the bathroom at some point right yeah, um, true. Probably some of them were number two. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Can only hope. Um, so the next song, "Before the Earth Was Round," this is this is one of the trippiest songs on the album. Yeah, it is one. Agreed. It is one of my. It is one of my favorites too. I I really like the words they they put this yeah. robotic. He's got a robotic sort of effect on his voice. I, I think he's using a vocoder. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, because it's not. It's not, um, oh, what is that bullshit? That it, it's not auto tune. A vocoder, maybe. Yeah, no, yeah. auto tune would be if he was trying to sing all these notes that he couldn't sing, but he could okay. sing them. So, like, they don't need auto tune. But a vocoder, I know we've talked about it before. I think uh, in animals, it's it's yes. basically a machine that like takes your voice and takes an input signal from whatever you're using. And many people use a synthesizer to get that effect, mm-hmm. but it basically blends the two things together as you see fit 
And it kind of makes that hybrid weird thing that you hear on this song. And initially, that was one thing about it that I wasn't really crazy about. But as I listened to it again, dude, one thing that you've always said that it that it really stuck with me, dude. This is a really good mid trip song. It's a very good mid trip song. Oh, very, very good. Very good. Um, not that we know anything about that, but it it, it would be good. It's going to be good. It, it's going um, to be good. Um Dude, for me, the words that have always resonated, though, I think the words of the song are great, but yeah, they are. Dude, war became a job and love became a mystery and the heart and the head were rent into two. Fear and doubt began. God threw up his hands and the sky didn't know what to do. It's just like, dude, everything is just in chaos, man. I know. It's like, what is the lyrics? The lyrics are very uh, good. Yeah. And uh, I've always loved this song. And it's again, very stripped down it's just it's that that bass line really kind of carries the song through yeah right it's now it's, admittedly dude i i know that this was one that you were always a fan of but dude mm. i didn't like this song as much until listening to it more through these go-arounds to prepare for the show because i've listened to yeah. it a multitude of times before that but i don't think yeah. i appreciated it in quite the same way until this as time as it takes time i have faults too not many, but I do. Um, track 10, Last Leaf. Now, this is an interesting song, and they I, I I like how they talk about the the attempts at recording it, right? Yeah, in where the, he in went into like Death Valley or yeah, 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 yeah. He was in Death Valley. It was um gosh, what's the name of it? Um Death Valley, Death Valley. There's a certain spot though, a specific, a specific mm-hmm. canyon, Desa- Desolation Canyon. So initially, yeah, yeah, it was like right. Dave Friedman gave him a recorder and was like, "Hey, go over to the university and find some interesting space to record this in." And yeah, they did, and it just didn't work. And then he did. He's like, "I'm going to go on top of a mountain, and you know, it's yeah. going to be this epic story about how awesome it is." And then that didn't really work because it was windy, and he was like, he was like, he was like. You know, it sounded like I was scared. He was like, and actually, I was scared because I'm yeah. like in the middle of the, I'm on top of this mountain. In it's the getting middle dark of the and, desert, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that sucks. But um, then they recorded it outside the studio, which I think, dude, I love the I idea love of recording yeah. outside. I've done one song outside, and I really love it um, because there's there's just like there's like a space that. You can't reproduce whether it's in a room or with like fake reverb or anything. Like, yeah, there's something about that, and I think well, they I, really did a good job of capturing it. And I like it when bands do it. I think Radiohead did that on In Rainbows, that song like Faust Arp or whatever. Oh yeah, like, wakey wakey, rise and shine. Yeah, yeah, again. yeah. I think that song was done outside because I know they also did. You know, they've done the like from the basement, yeah, um, uh-huh. videos. But there was one that came out before that where they were in another studio and then they actually went outside and recorded uh, whenever they showed the performance for this one. It's just like he's outside just, you know, playing the song. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty tight. So I dig it. Yeah, that's all cool. right. Let's get back, back from Catman Do. I, I dude, I love how this is like acoustic oh. and but the drums and it's like it so big. It, it, so big. It's, yeah it sounds so big and it's got that distorted and all this feel but it but it's acoustic mm-hmm. well even, and i love good oh good, the, i was just gonna say the lyrics like in the dream in the oh, dream yeah. it was just like it is it is I, that that's cool the, the this goes along with the lyrics the vocals the way they're sung it's almost like they're sung in a round like the yeah. there's a delay yeah. that's yeah, yeah, much yeah. longer it's not it wouldn't be perfect if it was a round but it's beautiful it's close um yeah. the line that i was like dude you are the answer to the question that is me i was like that line yeah that, that, that is, is a that is a good line yeah um song number 12 while you were asleep um dude this one is is this is a different song, man. It starts off. Well, it was really written kinda, by one of the other guys. Oh, was it? Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. I, I didn't look Andy at that part. Was. Andy, oh, Andy, Andy. I believe Andy he took Rose. over. I believe this is his first album because um, Andy was. Let's see. Oh, he was he the replacement Andy for the Duncan. other. Good- yeah. Oh wow! So Andy Ross replaying Andy Duncan. So I mean, that was yeah. an easy trade, trade, right? I mean, just yeah, you know, just. Yeah. 
fucking last name. Yeah, you're good. Um, but uh, yeah, it starts off and it has this deep, dark kind of sound to it. But then it transitions and it gets kind of light and airy and Damien's singing it all nice and sweet and everything. And yeah. I, I, I feel like it has a similar theme in a way to needing getting, um, but it sounds different. It sounds different. So the words like, you know. Um, oh, won't uh, you, can't you love, love me? me. Yeah. yeah. How I want, please. It's just kind of like hoping yeah, that yeah. they're going to they're gonna come around. Like eventually it's, 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 it's going to happen. Yeah, um, no, that that's a great point. Yeah. And so it, it kind of carries on like that. But then at the end, it gets sort of really big and kind of dark and cloudy again. So it's yeah. it's it's a it's an interesting song. It's it's different. Um but I think it fits because it, you know, again, it being maybe written by another one of the members, um, you know, it does it's not gonna have that standard um okay go sound. Maybe. Sure. Sure. Um then in the glass, man, this one is in it. This is an intense one. I, I love how it changes ooh, because you it's, think it's going one way and then they then they get to the end and it's like that. My God, what have I done? Oh, dude. It's yeah. Yeah. Dude, the piano starts. It's kind of creepy. And then yeah. there's, there's the, with the drums and then the organ comes in. I mean, this I song know. is like, I mean, dude, if you, if you ever needed a song about regret, like this is it. Right. I, I mean, know. I know. You know, and I just uh, I, I think it's an interesting end to the album. I, I really do. Yeah, like definitely. it is definitely not my scratch. So, mm-mm, mm-mm. but not with that all, said, I think I was the last one on the T. So I think, I think this were. time you are on the T, my friend. All right. I have a feeling we might go into overtime here. Oh, my son friend. of a biscuit. Yeah. So uh, here's the thing. I love me. A good acoustic song. I really do. Yep. Yep. Here we go. But Last Leaf, it just doesn't do it for me. It, yep. it, it, first of all, it slows down the album, which, hey, you know, a solo acoustic song is going to do that. But the, I don't really like the tempo of the song. I don't like the, understand. The, you know, I, I think the words are fine, but I just, I, I just, I feel like it's kind of stops the album dead in its tracks with an album that even though it has its sort of spacier introspective moments is um, going to set your shit on fire at the lowest exactly. audible audio levels. Exactly. It, it's, it still goes. And let me tell you, man, I love going from before the earth was round right into back from, uh, dude, Day, I man. know uh, like, so Damn, just, and that's why I'm just going to be like, I skip it every time. I will say, I will say when they play the song live, it's pretty cool because Damien goes out, he takes his acoustic, he takes a microphone, he goes out to the middle of the audience. Oh, that's and, cool. That's, and he plays that's it. cool. So it is a very cool song to see live. Um, but for this album, I'm good. I don't need it. So, yeah. If you have um, any thoughts to add on, my friend, or if you just want to go to your second song. No, scratch. but I'm still going to say. <laughs> Because we're going to overtime, because that's where I would have scratched as well. Um, Because, yeah, again, I feel like it really kind of disrupts the flow of the album. So, and I, I I don't need to say anything more than you've already said, but I would like to see that live. That sounds quite interesting. So, with that said, do I go first on what the second one will be? Yeah, now, for a I long time, time, I would have said before the earth was round. But you came to your senses. I did. Yes, I did, God. dude. Um, you we know, you were w. you were waiting for months and waiting for years for me to change. And I finally did. And so somebody did. Jesus. Yeah, I, I would scratch while you're asleep if it was a second one. Yeah. Triple overtime. Or double overtime. Triple overtime. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one for me too. It, again, sorry, Andy Ross. I yeah, know no, yeah, no disrespect intended. Here. I mean Um again, this for me, a lot of times when I listen to this <clears throat> album, I go from before the earth was round into back back from Kathmandu. Yeah. Right into in the glass. 
Yeah, and could easily do it. Uh, I wouldn't do it with a record because it's too much of a pain in the ass. No, I'm not going to get up and yeah. In the the digital age, I would do that shit. Exactly, exactly. All right. Well, hey guys, we know you're listening. We know you're watching. Let us know what track you guys would scratch, and don't be that guy or that gal who says, "Oh, it's a masterpiece," and I wouldn't scratch anything because that's not how the game is. We know it's a masterpiece. That's why we're talking about it. Yeah, exactly. um, again, one of our favorite albums. Let us know what you guys would scratch. Um, you know, what we'll have. You know, let us know if there's another OK Go album that you guys think we should maybe give a second listen to. Um, I I like the earlier stuff. Hungry Ghosts it didn't blow me away. Yeah, um, same. But but if there's one you guys think we should give give another listen to, let us know. We'd be happy to check that out, and maybe we'll add it to the list for next year. Yeah. So with that, I think it's time to go. I'm the Doom Room Show. Scratch a Track is produced by the Doom Grim. Additional music provided by Moore and the Tims. Copyright 2021. The Doom Grim Show. <laughs>